Downloads of this show are available on Podomatic.com and the Podomatic mobile app. How's it going, everybody? Thank you so much for listening to the Famous Dead People podcast, the only podcast that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. I'm your host, Jared Berenstein, and we've got a fantastic episode for you today. You're about to hear the episode where I interview 20th century actor famous for his earnest character, Jim Varney, and a traveler and companion of Jesus Christ, Jesus of Nazareth, a woman who supposedly witnessed his death and resurrection, Mary Magdalene. It was a fascinating talk. Uh, A couple of quick announcements before we get into the nitty-gritty. Don't forget that you can always check out the freshest eps every Monday at 3 p.m. at Radio Free Brooklyn. Uh, Email us at famousdeadpeople at radiofreebrooklyn.org. Questions, comments, concerns, whatever you fancy. Pick up my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. It is out now, and it is hilarious. Rate and review the podcast. Tell your friends. We uh, we had a nice little pop listener-wise. We're back down to normal now. I want to go back to pop numbers, guys. I want those to be the nor- new normal. And, of course, check out jaredbranstein.com for all the latest. But for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy Mary Magdalene and Jim Varney only on Famous Dead People. Famous Dead People. It's time. Time to start the show. Famous dead people, people you know. Famous dead people, famous stories stuck in the heads. You're gonna hear all the bones, and so all these people are dead. My guest today on Famous Dead People are a woman who traveled with Jesus of Nazareth and witnessed his crucifixion, burial, and alleged resurrection, St. Mary Magdalene. Hello. And 20th century actor and comedian, best known for his role as Ernest P. Worrell, Jim Varney. That's a pleasure to be here. Uh, Mr. Varney, Ms. Magdalene, thank you so much for joining us here on Famous Dead People. Mm. Thank you for having us. Of course. Um, I'd like to start off with uh, Jim Varney, first, if I may. So as I mentioned, you are most well known for your character of Ernest, mm. uh, who you who you portrayed in countless films, television shows, commercials. Uh, the character of Ernest first appeared, according to the Wikipedia, mm. first appeared in a uh, in 1980 when you were 31 years old in a commercial to see the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders at Beach Bend Park in Kentucky. Is that true? Well, that that sounds about right to me. Yeah. yeah I okay. Mean, Do you remember this commercial that you were in to just just advertising the fact that these cheerleaders were going to be at this at this park, oh, right? Sh- sure. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a uh, hard thing to forget the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders. It just I tell seems. You what. I mean, as a person living in 2018, and I'm sure you have an opinion about this as well, Mary. Uh, it seems a little weird to have a commercial just for the fact that these cheerleaders are going to be somewhere and you can look at them. Really? Is that, is that weird? Isn't that weird? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I think that's a little weird. Yeah, no, it doesn't seem like that big of an attraction. You know, it's just like, look. Well, you ain't, you ain't never seen the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders in, I guess. <laughs> you know what? That's fair. I'm sure they're very attractive, beautiful women. Um, it just seems a little bit like, and it's not even the state. It's not even the correct state. They're the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders, and you're in Kentucky. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, uh, you want, it's not a lot going on in Kentucky. You got to get oh, people yeah. out there and. Have a good time, sell tickets to an event. I put yeah. an advertisement. This is uh, this is the yes. 1980s, of course. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, it wasn't just, that wasn't that much going on. People sure. seemed like the character, so we just um, so you just kind of ran with it. Oh yeah, we yeah. ran with it. I did um, I did Ernest over 900 uh, commercials. 900 commercials you did, Ernest. Yeah, yeah. Wow. We were, hmm. Did you ever get sick of him? <laughs> 
<laughs> Did you ever get sick of playing Ernest? You know Ernest? what? That's a great question, Ms. Magdalene. I, I I don't I don't think I ever got sick of it. In fact, I, I feel like Ernest kind of became a, a part of myself, or maybe um, part of myself was always there in Ernest. But um Yeah, I know a lot of character actors they do feel that kind of like strong connection mm-hmm. to their characters. Can you walk I just I'm I'm trying to get a, a vision of this. Uh, commercial, and this is, of course, the very first time that you're delivering Ernest to the world. Mm-hmm. Um, was this a character that you had beforehand, and that you're like, I'm going to bring this into the audition, or was it like a uh, did, did the the people that had the commercial be like, oh, we're looking for this kind of like redneck character? Like, do you have anything for that? You know? Well, yes and yes. Uh, the <laughs> okay. people who were doing the commercial wanted a, um, a frankly an offensive Southern stereotype. Offensive and, Southern yeah, stereotype. yeah, they're just exactly those words. They say we want sort of a cracker ass redneck some bitch, <laughs> and I was like, man, it's uh, pretty offensive. Yeah, you realize yeah. who you're appealing to here, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, lowest so, common denominator. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so, so they were looking for that, but other than that, they didn't have a very specific idea about it. And um, uh, and uh, Ernest P. War was a real person. He was a real person. Oh yeah, he was a guy oh. I served in the in the navy with. Oh, okay. Uh, back when I was eighteen years old, and uh, we was on a ship together, and uh, I saw him get crushed by a Klieg light that was mounted up on the destroyer oh, in which we were serving. Oh, I'm sorry, a Klieg light? Well, I don't I don't rightly remember if that's exactly what it's called, but in the theater, it's one of them big spotlights like you'd summon Batman with. <laughs> Oh my! Yeah, so they had they had these big lights on the ship. Yeah, and we wasn't shot at or nothing. It just mm-hmm. you know it was just a normal day, and he was uh you know it, literally Ernest B. Worrells. He is that very person. He oh. just could not shut the hell up, and oh, he wow. was just standing there yammering on with his friend Vern, who was also uh, um, a uh, seaman that uh, with whom I served, and. And uh, down comes his cleave light, just turns them both into mustard right there on they the both died. died. Yeah. Just Ernest and Vern both died on the ship. Yeah, it was horrifying and spectacular all at the same <laughs> oh, time. My, it's what, a, what a dog death. I mean, That's right, yeah. Not even in combat. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You some might call it a craven, a craven coward's death. That is uh yeah, that is a real shame. So anyway, so they was like, you know, give us something else. You got something like that? And I said, Well, I'll scratch my chin. I said, Well, well, let me think here for a second. And uh, I'll be dang gum if I wasn't just struck by a bolt of lightning at that very moment. And it went right right here through. See this uh, bald spot I got here on the side oh, of my yeah, head? Oh, yeah, that is kind of mm-hmm. noticeable, yeah. Yeah, it went right down through my head, uh, passed through my chest, and out through my right knee. Hmm. And, uh, you know, I, when I came to my I had smoke coming out of my hair. And, um, and they said, well, gosh, are you all right there, Jim? And I said, I, I know what I'm going to do. Whoa. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. So you were in the middle of the audition when you literally got struck by no, lightning. No, I'd already been cast. I did some other baloney. <laughs> we were on set, and I was just going to wing some I you know, see, canned I stuff see. I had done. I mean, this is pretty low-rent production. You gotta Oh, yeah, I, I understand. I mean, it's just a commercial a local, to look I mean, the Dallas, at the Cowboy, Dallas Cowboys. It, it was a big deal, but, you know, it wasn't that big a deal. Uh, okay, I see. God, so, you know, yeah, so incredible. I just, for about 15 seconds there, I thought I was Ernest P. Warren. I popped up and got out of that box. And anybody see that? Hey, Vern, you see what just happened to me? Man, I feel like a microwave popcorn. Know what I mean? And they Wait, said, that's it. Do that. And they started rolling it. And, uh, you know, uh, Star was born. As what, they say. what did, uh, oh, sorry. You had a question? No, I'm sorry. If I may ask a question. I mean, so you were cast already when you had this lightning bolt hit you. Is that what you just said? Yes, ma'am. Mm. Yep. So wow. then what was your actual audition like? Yeah. So, so Ernest was nowhere in the audition yeah. then at all. No, no. I was just doing a, a kind of a... Um, a uh, cheesier version of myself. I was like, 
Yeah, you know, when you get down on your truck and them mm. tires is uh, starting to squeal, and you've got to get up under the... Yeah, I mean, just really... Almost a Larry the Cable Guy kind of a character. Yeah, gotcha. but even more uh, stupid and gotcha. southern. Gotcha, if, if it's possible. Uh, that's incredible. It's almost like the character, of, uh, Jared, the, the human of Jared. Ernest, yes? Is possible. <laughs> okay, I understand. <laughs> that's, that's just good. Uh, you, wherever you think the baseline is, is lower. Oh, wow. Okay. That's incredible. <laughs> I just had to jump in there. So these people, Ernest and Vern, these real people who you saw crushed to death mm -hmm. by a light on yep. a battleship, mm -hmm. um, not during wartime at all or any mm -hmm. kind of battle. Nope. Uh, they just, they're, they're living now yep. through this character. That's mm -hmm. really beautiful. Yeah, well, Vern ain't, but. <laughs> well, we, well, Vern exists sort of off character. We'll talk about him. <laughs> I don't him. even remember his last name, frankly. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about him I later. I mean, rest in peace. I don't. Yeah. Uh, before we get off of this commercial and uh, talk to Mary a little bit, um, I just want to ask one last thing. Uh, what did what did Ernest say about the cheerleaders that tr that was trying to get them to come, trying to get people to come out to look at the cheerleaders at this um at this park at uh, oh, well, uh I'm trying to look it up here at the uh, at the Beach Bend Park in Kentucky. Well, uh, you know, I, I'm a little embarrassed now. 2018, I, I feel like it's a little. I understand it was a different time <laughs> back then. Inappropriate the 80s. I think it it's so big with the crowd, but I feel like there was a. There was a tie-in with uh, with uh, you know a local um, hot wings company or something. They had okay. a they had a spicy thing and they had a sweet thing. So there was something about thighs and spicy and I sweet. See. I don't recall it exactly, but it maybe yeah, I painted pretty close to the edge of the lines there. And I, <laughs> I, I feel like you know the cheerleaders for their part. You know they were professionals and mm -hmm. uh, I think they were pretty game to go along with it. And they sort of laughed it off and you know it shook their pom poms and that. you know the crowds loved it. It was. Very successful commercial, but I think if we tried to do it again today, we'd get a it few angry calls. It would not you know fly, I mean? <laughs> definitely. And I think we can all be thankful that we live in 2018 yeah. and our attitudes mm -hmm. towards Absolutely. women yeah, have yeah, developed yeah. and yep. progressed. Yep. And speaking of which, let's talk a little bit to Mary Magdalene. Um, I want to cut right to the chase here, Mary. So you were one of the few women who traveled regularly with Jesus of Nazareth. You mm -hmm. supposedly witnessed his crucifixion, his burial, his resurrection. And there are those that speculated that you had a more intense relationship with Jesus, that you were maybe his wife, that you had a uh, sexual relationship. But these theories are generally guarded as being very dubious. Um, would you clarify or, for us exactly what the nature of your relationship was? Strictly teacher disciple. Was there something more between the two of you? Well, okay. I mean, I was expecting such a question. Of course, um, of course. And I'm sorry, it, it's just, it, yeah, my listeners would not uh, let me rest if we didn't just cut to the chase and get to the big questions. Sure. You know, I feel a little conflicted sharing this information because, as you said, I did witness his crucifixion. And as he drew his last dying breath, he looked directly into my eyes and said, let our secret die between us. Oh, my gosh. And so I feel a little bit awkward talking about this. <laughs> yeah, I feel a bit awkward. <laughs> I, do, I do not feel awkward at all. Oh, all right. We don't even know what the secret is. Like, we don't yeah. know what secret he could be referring to. Like, maybe uh, it's something completely innocuous. We don't know. Okay. Well, I'll say it. It was not innocuous. Oh, we, in okay. fact, had a consensual, loving physical relationship oh my god wow. wow that's incredible yes. wow yes. and so and was this um would you say that you were his wife or would you say that you were um just sort of like lovers well you hit a very sore spot for me jared um i 
repeatedly would have liked to be his wife and repeatedly I said, Jesus, Jesus, why don't you marry me? We have everything a successful marriage requires. We get each other. We love each other. We have a lot of fun 24 <laughs> seven. Um, yes. Uh, I yes, guess I'm sorry day. to interrupt, but that is definitely my impression of Jesus. Fun mm-hmm. 24 7. Fun 24-7. He seemed like such a fun guy to me. He seemed like a kind of guy who was really open with his with emotions, you Woo. know? Like you could really connect with him on an emotional level, probably. What a ride. Anyway, I <laughs> Of course. He, he certainly was. And, you know, that's another sore thing that we talked about a lot is, you know, he was very open with everyone. You know, not just mm. me, with all of his little disciples that were always intruding in our dinners, um, mm. and all those little people that he helped and uh, turned stuff into fish and whatnot. You know, mm-hmm. well, I'd um, like to see that. <laughs> yes, it was quite a sight. But my point is that he treated everyone well, and sometimes I didn't feel very special. But you wish that you were the main person. You know, I did. Yeah, I did wish that. But to go back to your original question, yes. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to be as Wife. What um, did Jesus say when you would be like, come on, our relationship's so great. We, we need to take things to the next level here. Well, I'll tell you what he said. He was just like, um, my father told me never to marry anyone, which I believe is exactly what the Bible says these days. So that's probably mm. not a surprise. You okay, know? Yeah. Not allowed to take a wife mm. is basically what he told me. And I believed him. He didn't look at any other women. He was very faithful to me. But, That's good. But, you know, uh, I was very loyal to him. I could have had anyone. Mm, you could have, sure you could have had you could, anybody man. in mm. Nazareth. I could have had absolutely anyone in Nazareth and beyond. <laughs> You'll never believe how many people just, you know, gave me stuff, you know? They just give you things. Things, yes. Like to entice you to be with them. Exactly. That's how it worked back then. They gave me, you know, furs and skin. Furs. Yes. They give you furs. Furs. (laughs) Absolutely. It was hot most of the time. It seemed practical, but (laughs) I believe you. All right. Yes. You know, they gave me lots of things, but I was like... I'm with Jesus. Wow, that's incredible that you guys had such a strong connection that even though he wasn't willing to take your relationship to the next level, you still <sighs> stuck by him. He was a special guy. He really was. Hey, do you, do you ever see him talking to his dad? Like you well, walk into a room and he's sure. like there. But now his dad, of course, we're talking about his his mm-hmm. true dad, the Lord our God, and not oh, that's his, what I was thinking. Not of. his not stepdad, Joseph. Joseph the carpenter. I mean, do you ever see him talking to Joseph? <laughs> Oh, no. Joseph, that was established. That was just for show. You know, Joseph was just for show. Mm, That's right. Yes. He was just like, well, this is a credible birth. Let's bring a man into it. It's like a beard. (laughs) That's right. A beard. A beard for birth. His dad beard. Joseph had a beard. Jesus had a beard. There's beards everywhere. That's exactly right. Uh We all know his real father was God. And well, you uh, you have uh, asked me another sore spot in our relationship. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, it man. It seems like there were a lot of those. Yeah, I'm, I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to do it. <laughs> I'm so glad I had the chance to talk about it. So yeah, get I it off your like, chest, Mary. Yes, thank yeah. you. I was like, Jesus, when am I going to meet your father? You know, <laughs> when are you going to introduce me to your daddy? Uh-huh. What did you say? He was just like, it's not time yet. Uh. <laughs> and, you know, he would just. He had a little special room, you see. He had a little special room to talk to his father. Uh-huh. You weren't allowed to go in? I was not allowed in. And one time I tried to pry open the door and, well, 
locks were not invented back then, as right. you know. But oh my God, there were no really? locks back then. Not not the sophisticated locks oh, that right, we see yeah. today. What did the, what did the, what did a lock look like? I'm sure it was very primitive, like maybe just like a rock in front of did a you door. Ever see, you ever see the Flintstones? Flintstones was it's it like, like a, a bird? Big box with a pterodactyl. <laughs> 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 a pterodactyl. Well, that can't be right. That can't be right. It'd be funny if it was. Though. It would be. Um, if you're just joining us, this is Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn. Uh, and my guests today are 20th century actor and comedian best known for his character of Ernest P. Worrell, Jim Varney. Hey-oh. And traveler and witness to Jesus of Nazareth's life and crucifixion. Mary Magdalene. Hello. Um, so we were just uh, we were discussing uh, Mary Magdalene's relationship with Jesus. Um, uh, before we go back to Jim, I just have one final question. Um, there are some, you know, sort of fantastic stories about your relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, like in the Da Vinci Code, for example, they mm-hmm. posit that you even had children with Jesus and that there's like a whole line of Jesus's, you know, going through time. Is there any truth to that rumor at all? <sighs> Okay, well, it feels like another we have spot. put another sore spot in you this relationship. You are just a bundle of sore spots. I think, there was another. I think maybe it's a good thing you didn't get married because there were a lot of sore topics in mm. this relationship. Well, yes, you know, I'll say it. Um, Jesus never wanted to have kids with me. Mm. And, well, this might get a little graphic, but, um, you know, um, there was no actual birth control back then. But of course. There was still a way to, well, estimate when you would be the most fertile. You know the what I mean? Method. The rhythm method. The rhythm, thank method. you, Jared. That's yeah. exactly what I was trying yep. to think about. The rhythm method. So Jesus would insist that, that I Kentucky, use it. Sure. Uh, yeah. Yep. Do, you mind if I, do you mind if I interrupt you for just one second, Mary? So I know you said there was no traditional birth control back then. No. Uh, but of course there were... Um, sort of like a facsimile condom that they used to use uh, with the, um, uh, I believe, intestines, with sheep's intestines. A facsimile yeah, condom? Yeah, so a facsimile condom. This they like we're... fax it to each other? I oh, Jim, oh, okay. come on. Okay, that was not my best material. <laughs> all right. They're not all going to be solid gold, folks. All, all right. right. I do my best. But this is, you know, this is where we get, uh, you know, there's a, a, a long history of condom use, you know, just using, uh, I believe sheep's intestine was, mm. uh, was what was traditionally used. But mm. I'm guessing that... Um, Either this wasn't available to you at the time, or maybe this was just something that Jesus said didn't exist, but that he clearly knew existed, you know? Well, I apologize. This might get a little controversial for viewers today. <laughs> oh, bring it on. But, you know, well, um, well, there are certain, uh, my understanding is there's certain uh, strains of Christianity that uh, don't condone birth they control. They frown upon they condom use. They frown upon it, yeah. yes, and... And well, I'll just blow Jesus's cover. He was the root of that philosophy. That makes a lot of sense. Mm. That so does. yes, yes, because well, I'll say it. I wanted to have, um, I wanted to have sex a lot, <laughs> and I was like, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus, get me those condoms, and you know, we don't have, we can do away with this rhythm method. Back then, we called it the moon method, but the whatever. Moon method. Yes, gotcha. and he said, No, Mary. That's against my own faith and philosophy. And so, well, that happened. Wow. That's incredible. I mean, it, it just seemed like it was, you know, this thing that we associate with uh, with, with, with Christianity, yes. with not using birth control, it, it, that that started there. It started at the it source. It started with Jesus. With Christ himself. I think you feel like he didn't want to be doing it or do you oh. think that like, I mean, forgive me if I get too personal here, but, uh, you know, it's not... It's not out of the question for young men where I come from who wanted to do things a little out of the box, if you'll pardon a turn of phrase, to use the excuse of religion to experiment with other types of 
Um, should intimacy. we say? Should we say orifices? Should we say other other places? Well, you name it. I mean, <laughs> you know, I just wonder. Like, do you feel like it was a thing that Jesus was a little bit freaky dicky and wanted Let to take me... things that way and was using the whole kind of thing as a religious thing you as know, an excuse? Jim? Or do you feel like he just wasn't that into physical intimacy and was using that as a way of keeping? <laughs> some di- I have no offense, man. Excuse me, Jim. I'm going to have to shut you up right there. I am straight up. A- if you are insinuating that Jesus for a second didn't want me, I was extremely attractive. I was the most attractive woman in Nazareth. And Any he- man could have had her. St- still Any are, man. ma'am. I, I, you know, please. So I, many I didn't mean to offend you. I just say that some some men, some men are not. If I, if you would allow me to. Some come, men have intimacy issues is all I'm that's saying. That's true. That's true. And I mean, so, so we're also saying that Jesus wasn't trying to convince you to put it in other places or anything, right? <sighs> okay, okay. Well, he I'm, I'm said it. I taking, didn't. I'm, taking I'll, the, I, I'm getting the cues. Now we're all thinking about it. No, I'm happy to take this question, both mm-hmm. of you. I will say that Jesus was extremely respectful of my sexual preferences. Sure was, I was and his. boundaries, and sure boundaries, I'm sure. Yes. yes. And, you know, we things that were consensual and mm-hmm. we both enjoyed them. There was no discussion about orifices. Okay, <laughs> okay that's okay. it. End of discussion. You know what? Let's, let's, throw, a little, it up. let's throw a little cold for... water. No, yep. Oh my. That's what the show is for. Uh, let's uh, let, let's throw a little cold water on this interview. Because I mean, when I was in we'll... the Navy, but no, forget it. We'll, we'll just <laughs> okay. forget it. We'll leave it. Let's, we'll uh, leave, let's, it. let's move, leave it. Let's move back over to Jim Varney <laughs> and uh, we'll, uh, we'll hopefully, you know, take the tensions down a little bit. Um, so I know you mentioned being in the Navy. Uh, yep. earlier, but I didn't see anything about that on your Wikipedia. Uh, oh, well. From what I know on your Wikipedia, you were uh, involved in theater and mm-hmm. performing professionally mm-hmm. uh, by the, you know, you, you were doing theater as a child mm-hmm. uh, and you were performing professionally in nightclubs uh, by the age of 17. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming that you at some point took a break to do the Navy is what you're saying. When you were sure, like yeah, and I think, you know, when, when you're out on a boat with a bunch of guys, is uh, you know, things get boring. It's not all um, hard work. Sometimes you take a mop put on your head and you know one of you is the lady you do the romeo and juliet scene and you know you gotta put through a little uh, variety show you put together little skits and stuff to entertain each other so i was doing theater all the way through even while you were on the name in the sure. name you were doing theater how long how long were you uh, a serviceman for uh 27 years 27 mm-hmm. years that wow. that is unbelievable because of, of course you were doing the no, uh... I wasn't well, i wasn't out <laughs> On a boat for 27 straight years. You were in the service, though. Yeah. You were a reservist. I was you probably were... on the boat for 26. Mm-hmm. Gotcha, gotcha. Mm. I mean, I, I'm really curious how you managed to uh, schedule that with all of your uh, theater work and everything. Well, I had an assistant. Oh, I see. That makes things a Ironically lot named Vern, but no relation. <laughs> no relation oh. at all. Um, yeah, that's incredible. I mean, I'm sure that your uh, your calendar must have been just uh, jam-packed if mm-hmm. you were in the Navy and Navy, Navy, regularly. Navy, uh, you know, milk ad. <laughs> Milk <laughs> Navy, Navy, Navy. Oh, my. <laughs> so busy. Cheerleader. Uh, so I wanted to ask you, uh, so you're performing at, according to Wikipedia, at 17, you're performing in nightclubs and coffee houses in Kentucky. Is uh-huh. that right? Yep. So did you have some sort of an act that you were doing, like a comedy act or a, a musical act or something? Well, sure, you know, it was actually, I, I considered suing him at one point, but Jerry Seinfeld pretty much cribbed what I was already doing at the time. Um, Wait, so you're saying that Seinfeld kind of copied what you were doing uh, in Kentucky? Uh, yeah, absolutely. It was just slice huh. of life stuff. Now, he doesn't, you know, he he brings a kind of a New York thing to it, of course, but, uh, mm. you know, with me, it was Kentucky. He's like, hey, you ever notice um, how, you know, you go into a coffee shop and there's 36 different flavors of coffee? 
Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> each sorry. one of them is more expensive than the next. I gotta pump observational. the brakes. I gotta, I gotta interrupt you for just one second. So you're saying that you were doing this material in Kentucky in the 1960s. You were doing material about how many different flavors of coffee there were in coffee shops in Kentucky in the Shh. 19 in the 1960s. Is that a problem? I don't. I just find it very hard to believe. I thought that that was more of a. Uh, a contemporary well, that was part phenomenon. of the bit. There's like hot coffee, lukewarm coffee, <laughs> four o'clock coffee, four o'clock? <laughs> dishwater coffee. Hmm. Oh, you know, I mean, they, I think you're thinking like hazelnut and vanilla bean. I, that I'm was just what I was thinking. That the was point is, was there wasn't. That's the joke, Jared. Is there, there was just one flavor of coffee, and it was mostly awful. I see. Gotcha. That yeah. one went right over my head. I apologize. Well, you know, now now coffee's a thing. Yeah, of course. Well, of course. I have a question. Are you saying that you invented observational humor? <laughs> well, I, I didn't, saying? ma'am. I didn't say I invented it, but I guess if you think about it, I did invent it. I mean, I can't think of anybody who did observational before that before you know the 1960s no, it was a lot of racial stuff and and then it was a lot of like insult stuff of course oh, yeah. wow that's incredible so your so your your act was sort of like observational stuff around kentucky yeah because um, i was like i didn't really feel like i wanted to do that other stuff so hmm. i was like well i'll just talk about you know what's uh, going things on that you're seeing yeah, yeah. so yep. did, you, did you ever ever then take that act out of kentucky and bring it to more sort of uh urban uh environments maybe big cities sure yeah because we'd get off the the ship oh yeah Yeah. we'd go everywhere london paris and Mm -hmm. uh, wait you i'm sorry with the navy you went to london you went to paris for sure wow that's incredible Mm -hmm. and yet you're still managing to come to go back to kentucky 900 local ads regularly perform in 900 local ads in addition to the theater work in addition to the movies yep that's incredible. Yeah, that, yeah, thank you. Yeah, it was, it was. Your assistant. Wow, man. That I kept guy. things kind of bit burned. Ver? <laughs> I kept things kind of burn. busy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that is really remarkable. Uh, let's go back to Mary for just a moment. Um, so we should, I actually like to clear things up um, just in case there's anybody listening who's confused that there were, um, that you're sort of like conflated with a couple of other Marys that existed in the Bible. Uh, you were Mary Magdalene, but there was a uh, Mary of Bethany who was a prostitute who anointed Jesus's feet. Uh, there was also a third unnamed uh, sinful woman, quote unquote, sinful woman uh, who was a, uh, a regular in uh, Jesus's entourage. Um, and, and just because of the way that, you know, these stories sort of like grow and change, you sort of are thought of as being those women as well. Uh, but the historians generally agree that you're three different people. You came from a wealthy family. Um, so so you just just confirm this for us that you are different than the prostitute Mary of Bethany. You're, just, you're different from the sinful woman. You're completely separate, Mary. Yes. No, that's absolutely right. I'm different from those two other, you know, Marys. Mm hmm. I will say, you know, I suppose I understand where the confusion comes from because, well, in fact, I did have sex with Jesus. Of and course. I did, you know, put oils on him at times. Yes. Obviously. Yes. Something that, that all those other women all did. All those other Consensual, women did. Sure. Consensual. <laughs> so I understand, you know, why people would get confused. But yes, those are two different Marys. And well, in fact, we're good friends at one time. Oh, really? The yes. three of you? The three of us, yeah. Wow. Yes. And, and so I just wanted to clarify. So the third woman was named Mary also, because mm-hmm. in the Bible, she's just referred to as a sinful woman. You know, 
I think she was named Mary. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. So the was. three Marys. The three Marys. And you yeah. guys used to hang around, you're saying? We did. We would, uh, well, frequent, you know, what I suppose you guys all call dance clubs nowadays. Oh, uh, there were like mm-hmm. dance clubs. Yes, in absolutely. Nazareth? In Nazareth. Yeah. Wow. There was a version of that. Yes. Okay. Um, you know, we would frequent that. Uh, and, you know, I'll, I'll say this. We even sometimes played wing women for each other. That's oh, wow. it. I'm using today's terminology. Mm-hmm. but Oh, uh, you wouldn't call it wing woman back then, of No, course. no, of course not. But, well, human psychology and strategy is very much the same back then as it is now. Of course. Mm-hmm. You know, the same things that a girl would need her her wing girl for in a club today Absolutely. are the things that you and the other Marys would do Absolutely. at the old dance rooms yes. of Nazareth. Yeah. So you might you might see like a wealthy looking merchant over mm-hmm. by the bar drinking mm-hmm. a glass of fermented goat's milk. Right. And you might say, <laughs> I'm exactly looking right. Mary, I, I think that guy looks like he's lonesome. I'm going to go over there. I'm going to set him up for mm-hmm. you. And then you come in mm-hmm. and seal the deal. Well, that's exactly right. But you know what's interesting is we didn't use words to communicate that. You know, there were little signals that we sent to each other. So women are so much more intuitive than yeah, men are. That's true. Intuitive. Amen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so, incredible. Yeah, you know, back then, if well, so if we wanted to be the main person that so and so was hunting the prey, mm. okay. we would kind of make a small gesture to pretend to be a cheetah. Mm. <laughs> She would do a little <laughs> cheetah motion. A little gotcha. che- a very subtle. If you were the right? main girl tonight. If I wanted to be the main girl gotcha, tonight or gotcha. a given hour or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. and I would do it directly at, well, the prey. The I'm, I'm using quotes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Interesting. Um, and, you know, um, uh, conversely, if I thought that I could be a wing woman for someone, well, then I would um, imitate a animal that was very much on the periphery back then, <clears throat> which would be an ostrich. You just you, you do like an ostrich motion. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. And that would that basically <laughs> and you know uh, coincidentally also has wings. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, that that's wing. Uh, well, you know, well, there, so it's a oh. connection that uh, you know it just happens to line up. Thankfully, mm-hmm, you know. Exactly. Um, uh, unfortunately, we got to take a short break. Um, oh. But uh, I really want to hear more about this. Uh, club life that you have with the other Marys. Uh, we'll be right back with Mary Magdalene and Jim Varney on Famous Dead People. Stay with us. Hey, everybody. Just want to take a quick break to remind you to subscribe to Famous Dead People on iTunes or whatever app you are using to listen to podcasts. Rate us five stars. Leave a comment. Tell your friends. All that stuff helps us out a ton. And feel free to hit us up at FamousDeadPeople at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org if you want a specific Famous Dead person on the show or if you have any comments that you want to shoot over to us, whatever we love hearing from fans. Uh, also, check out my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. It is out now. It is hilarious. I hope that you will check that out and read that and uh, leave reviews, awesome reviews on Amazon or BarnesandNoble.com or whatever and tell your friends to read it because it's super funny and I want that money. Also, go check out JaredBarrenson.com for all the latest on my show dates and uh, up-to-date project information. And lastly, if you really like Famous Dead People and you want to send us some money to help keep the show on the air, go to RadioForBrooklyn.org slash Famous Dead People and click on the Support the Show button. Thanks again for listening. And now back to the podcast. Welcome back to Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn. Famous Dead People, the only show that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. I'm your host, Jarrett Berenstein, and we are here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. My guests in the studio today are 
20th century actor and comedian, best known for his role as Ernest P. Worrell, Jim Varney. Hi, everybody. And a travel companion, disciple, and lover of Jesus of Nazareth, witness to his crucifixion and life, Saint Mary Magdalene. Hello. Uh, let's go um, uh, talk to Jim uh, for just a moment. Just, so, just before we get started, oh, yeah, you know, during the break, yeah, I, I feel bad about Touching so many sore spots, and uh, I did. I wanted to give you this uh, bunch of flowers that I found out. In oh, the, that's so nice! And uh, you know, you wouldn't believe it, but I, you were talking about. It. I saw this line there. I got you also this fur. Wow! Oh, wow! Oh, that was my. all just out outside of the studio. Well, I went to get her the flowers because I saw it on the way in. I felt so darn bad, but 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 then uh, you know they also had a fur section. I guess that's uh, Brooklyn for you. I don't that's know. That's Brooklyn, I guess. Wow! What a gentleman! Thank you so much. Well, oh, anyway, it's a small you. gesture. I certainly didn't mean to make you feel. Anything. Oh no! I wasn't offended. I've been asked. Worst questions. Oh, wow. Oh, Worst question. Well, maybe yeah. we could hear about that. You know, the treatment of women back then was just, oh. a, it was so, it was terrible, Bad. you know? Yeah, perhaps uh, not so different from today. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's true. I mean, you know, we, we still have a lot of progress to make, unfortunately. Uh, but let's talk to Jim Varney a little bit about your, some of your early theater work. Right. Uh, so when you were 24 years old, you were in a company uh, you're in a, a, a theatrical company at the Pioneer Playhouse in Danville, Kentucky. Pioneer Playhouse. Of course, you were still in the Navy at the time, traveling mm. all over the world yep. somehow, impossibly. Uh, and so at well, the time, Santa does it. I mean. <laughs> Of course. Uh, so at the time, you're, you're, you're performing in outdoor theaters, typically to small audiences. Yep. Uh, there's a story in the Wikipedia that while you were working there, you would sometimes entertain the young actors by throwing knives into trees. For sure. And so what I wanted to know was, and forgive me if I'm just nitpicking here, does that mean that you had like legitimate throwing knives and you would like stick them into the bark? Or were you just throwing knives like into the branches of trees at like birds or squirrels or whatever uh, to entertain the young actors that were there. Well, it was a little bit of both. I mean, I ain't no ninja or nothing. Okay. So I don't have like special, um, whatever they call them knives that the ninjas got, but um, mm -hmm. ninja stars, I think. Is yeah, the... but I what I did is that, sure is that that's like a star though. It's not yeah. A knife, is it? Oh well, they also have uh, yeah, more more traditional knives. throwing knives, but I don't know what the word would be. But just really... I don't know. Was well, anyway. Listen, <laughs> so, so here's yeah, what we did. So on. I went out and I bought myself a twenty five dollar box of steak knives. Twenty five dollar box of steak. Knives. Yeah, it was cheap, okay. and uh, I think I even got a break on them for doing some fun. I don't remember. Anyway. Uh, so, you know, it got a little boring between sets and some, they'd want to play Pinochle or some kind of game like that. And that got old pretty fast. So I mm. said, hey, boys, look at this. And and I actually took a steak um, from the front. They didn't call it craft services. They just, you know, the uh, Mrs. Crabtree was the um, uh, wife of the. Anyway, she cooked up a mess of food for us. And it was real good cooking, too, but uh, she made too much. So I took one of these big old dinosaur sized steaks and I climbed up in the tree and I hung it on a branch. And I said, we're going to play a little game called how many times can old Jim cut the steak? And I just start <laughs> flinging knives at it. And I'll tell you first, I was God awful. Mm. I, I am not proud to say, but a few people got hurt. You, you actually hurt people with these knives that you were throwing. Yeah, because I didn't think about it very hard. And it was on the, the audience was on the other side of the tree. Oh, wow. So, so I started during the show. Knives. During the show. Oh, yeah, during the show. During I mean, the show. Yeah, totally. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, I, uh, I assumed that this was, uh, you know, during the off hours. No, that would have been smarter. But, <gasps> no, we was bored. You know, I was just young and stupid. Oh, Usually no. you're on the boat. You throw a thing over the edge of the boat. You're, what, are you going to hit a seagull or a fish? But there's an audience there. So I hit this lady one time in the knee. Oh, 
It Ooh. was not good. It <laughs> took a lot of apology. We had to give her a comp or ticket. Oh, wow. A yeah. comp? That's all. I, I mean, were there any repercussions to hurting all well, these I don't think people? she could walk again. But, you know, uh, we, I but, tell you, it was different times. And she loved the show. And I will say that um, I, I, I do a pretty good apology. Mm. I do a pretty good apology. Yeah, I think. And they could tell I didn't mean to do it. If you're being sincere, I think that people can generally forgive a lot. Yeah, I was sincere. I felt genuinely bad. And I didn't have any other money to give her. I gave her the steak. That's true. That's nice. That's a good gift. That's steaks. I mean. Um, So anyway, so it was a bit of, I got better at it. I learned to not throw so the audience, you know, I stopped hurting the audience inadvertently. And it got to the point where I could stick 10, 12 of them knives in the the steak by the end of the show. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. I mean, it sounds ridiculous and weird. And why would you do that? But when you see a steak hanging in a tree (laughs) with 12 steak knives sticking out of it, like some Robin Hood ninja stuff. Oh boy, I, you don't you don't forget that. That was just you certainly don't. You certainly don't. Yeah, that's really impressive. Um, and I mean, I'm sure it it folded into whatever show you were doing at the time, whether it be uh, Shakespeare or you know um, uh, maybe Chekhov. You well, know, I'll tell you this: I, I didn't try and it tie work. it up to the theme somehow, but uh, it did incentivize the people on stage. To do the best job they could, because if the guy throwing knives at a stake in a tree is pulling focus from you, then you're doing something yeah, wrong. You're not being very good on stage. Then you're not doing quality acting. So, uh, but I didn't like wear a funny hat when we were doing Shakespeare and uh, mm-hmm. doing a funny voice when we were doing, uh, you know, I, I, yeah, mm-hmm. I yeah that makes that. sense. That makes sense. Uh, let's go over to Mary Magdalene for just a moment. So um, I wanted to ask you this. One of the famous stories in the Bible about your association with Jesus is uh, when he exercised seven demons out of you. Uh, they say they say uh, Jesus drove seven demons out of Mary Magdalene. And there is some uh, debate as to what this means. Some people say that the number seven was kind of chosen at random. It's a very important number in the Jewish faith. Uh, some people say that these represented uh, diseases that you had, maybe emotional trauma. Can you shed some light on this, like what the real story is of the seven demons uh, that Jesus exercised out of your body? Of course. Well, those seven demons were, well, in fact, my brothers. Your brothers? Yes, my brothers. Okay. Well, they were <laughs> I'm curious basically, about this. sure, they were, well... Spirits of my brothers that I took on, you know, what happened? Well, what happened was there was a huge famine back then. Mm. I survived because, well, I was smart enough to save up some food for myself. You know, just knowing you never know when something bad might happen. That's very wise. That's a very smart move. Unfortunately, my seven brothers didn't. They didn't. And that's a shame. Well, the reason why they became demons is because they all, this is so painful for me to talk about, but they tried to eat each other. Oh my God. They tried. But what happened was, well, they were all equal strengths, you see. Um, Hmm. They were all around the same age. uh, And they were hurting each other and they all killed each other. But because the last thing that they did before they died is that they were obviously sinning very badly. Yeah, that's not a thing that they condone. Now shall not kill. In, yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's right well, there in the Old any, Testament. In that's, any oh, era. that's the first one. The yeah, first one. exactly. 100%. And they broke that. You know, All so. seven of them broke it at the exact same time. <sighs> at the exact same time. So, uh, but 
or I don't quite know what happened. I passed out from all the just trauma of observing all it this. It must of be course. a hard thing to watch. I can imagine. I would pass must- out if my seven brothers were <sighs> trying to eat each other simultaneously. Yeah, it was horrific. I'm telling you, it was horrific. You know, um, and I was screaming and. Well, bless them for not coming after me, but I was screaming and I passed out. And then when I woke up, I, I knew there was something different about me. You Maybe know? that all seven of your brother's demon spirits had gotten into your they body. They had gotten Yikes. into me. I just felt it. I felt it because there were seven voices in my head at any given time. You know, I would just be like, today I'm going for a walk. But then there would be seven voices in me. Just suggesting seven more options, and it was just... What were the other options that these uh, <sighs> demons were suggesting? So you're like, I'm going to go to the grocery store, and the demons are saying... Oh, yes. Well, the demons were saying... First, it was innocuous. You know, like, I'm going to go swim. <laughs> I'm going to go play. I'm going to go hunt an animal. I'm going to go sow, and et cetera, and That's going to be confusing when you're like, Very no, i got to go to the grocery store. Yes. Oh, so confusing. Did and you then, know which was which? Like, you know which which one of your brothers, he just loved to sow, and you thought, oh, that's old Rick. It's got to be know, Rick. In the beginning, I had a good guess, but near the end, it just got so jumbled. Uh-huh. Um the well, only Yes, go ahead. Like, so you say that these were innocuous suggestions at first, but then they, they changed into more... Uh, would you say would you say dark suggestions? Yes, you know. Um, oh, I shudder to think about it. There was one time that I was just thinking, um, you know, uh, well, I'm going to uh, go to the market, and I was about to just pay the merchant with some currency at the time, okay. which were rocks, um, <laughs> and you know, and I was taking a rock out of my purse uh mm-hmm. well you know we didn't call it purse back obviously then, it's like some sort of lamb sack exactly probably. exactly yeah. i'm uh, translating a lot of terminology we, we appreciate that yes no problem um and i'll never forget this all seven for the first time in unison were like stone him stone him oh my god and i was like oh my <laughs> and that was when i Sought professional help. That's and you actually, went to yes, Jesus to that get these demons. That was the first time I met him. Yes. Oh, really? Yes. Wow. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm sure that that must have had such a that must have created such a, a it, unique bond between the two of you that he was able to cure you. It really did. Of you know? this. Wow. How did he do it? Oh, How wow. did he exercise all the demons out of you? Well, he just looked at me, and he put his hand on my chest, and then he said, "Go on." <laughs> And that was it. He said, go on. Yes, he did. He said, go on. And they was just gone? And he was gone. I felt it. I felt seven times lighter. Seven times. Seven wow. times. That's incredible. So it actually was seven demons. It was, that's not a, run, a number that was picked at random. It, and it wasn't, wasn't. And it wasn't some sort of uh, translation of illness. They just didn't understand. It was literally seven demons. It was literally seven. But wow. I guess, you know, I thought that I have now is like, I suppose now you have those seven sins. Um. And that uh, horrific movie, uh, Seven? Seven, with uh, uh, Brad yes. Pitt oh. and Morgan Freeman. Oh, dear. I was traumatized when I watched that movie. But, well. Wait, did it traumatize you because it reminded you of, of your seven demon brothers that used to be living inside you? Absolutely. I you know, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if that was derived from those seven brothers that were within me. I don't know. <laughs> but I will say I was, you know, traumatized and I. 
was kind of offended that they would just so easily incorporate that into pop culture. You were US. upset. I was a little that, upset. Yeah, yes. they, they took this um, uh, analogous story from your life and made it into a, a contemporary movie. Yes. I can see how that would kind of cut close to home. Very much so. Definitely. And I don't know the story of how that movie got written. Uh, Jim, you worked in Hollywood for a little while. Does that sound like something that would happen in Hollywood? Like they would take uh, someone's personal tragedy from hundreds and th- from thousands of years ago and uh, and just like just write a movie about it just to make a quick buck. You, you know? know, I think there's certainly people who ain't above it. I think people yeah. just steal if they can get away with it. But I think more often than not, you know, like I didn't, um, Ernest and, uh, and Vern, I, I didn't mean to like steal their memory. I mean, I literally got hit by a bolt of lightning. I think more often than not, things come down through you and you don't realize you're taking them from somewhere else. Hmm. Feels like your idea at the time. And then you go, you look back and you go, huh. and other people get real angry about it. You say, well, I didn't. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, maybe well, it's possible that the same that. way that the real earnest inspired you, like a bolt of lightning kind of like drove through your body. Right. Maybe your seven demon brother spirits just sort of like uh, possessed a screenwriter in Hollywood. You know? Perhaps. And, you know, anything is possible. You know what? That's a movie right there. Seven demon brothers that... Uh, that uh, that possesses a, a screenwriter, you know. <laughs> Maybe we could do an earnest movie. Maybe Ernest, we could. Seven deadly. I have a guess. Something zippy. I don't think <laughs> seven the deadly, of it. deadly demon spirits. We'd have to be funny, you know. You'd have to Ernest have to like fall down a bunch and get his hands. Would Ernest stuff. ever do a serious movie? Like, could we ever have a, an Ernest where? Would anyone want to see that? You're uh, dealing with a disease, <laughs> or maybe you're uh, helping a young uh, wayward <laughs> youth. Hang on, hang you on. know. Let, okay. Ernest deals with the disease. Yeah, well, that wouldn't be the title, obviously. Yeah, but that's, <laughs> think about it for like literally think about it for a minute. That is dark. It's pretty dark. You I know? did. I, 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 I just, love cancer. Well, yeah, of course, of course. You know, like I'm, I'm not. I, I didn't mean to, uh, to, to it bring was, up. It wasn't that funny. <laughs> of course, I'm not trying At the to. Time. I don't course. think he was all that funny in retrospect. Well, not, I wouldn't say this would be a funny movie. I'm just saying, like, maybe we can stretch yeah. the muscles of this character. And, you know, just like see what else he has. Well, you know what? I do legit acting. I, I mean, mm. I don't know why it's got to be. Why, of course. Why has it got to be earnest? Because it's already got a, an audience? Because you got uh, the built in. No, uh, just, just to pull? see what else that character can do. Like, let's put it into fifth gear. Let's see what other chops Ernest has. Well, Joe, what you happens... know what? You want to produce it? I, I'm on board. Yeah, let's write that. Um, okay. unfor- uh, so, so uh, for those of you just joining us, uh, you're listening to Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn. My guests today are uh, Disciple of Jesus, uh, co- companion and lover Mary Magdalene. Hello. And 20th century actor behind the beloved Ernest character Jim Varney. Hello. And I was just trying to convince him to do a serious Ernest movie. A movie where Ernest has to deal mm-hmm. uh, with some tr- with some pain. Maybe like an ordinary people situation <gasps> where like maybe your child passes away mm-hmm. and you're just dealing oh, with that pain. Christ, you know? I'm oh, just oh, saying. Pardon me. We're just, we're just, we're just spitballing here. Uh, How about this? How about, uh, Ernest, uh, suffers early onset dementia and it starts funny, right? (laughs) He's forgetting Vern's name and he's climbing up a ladder and he's falling off the ladders. Holy cow. Holy. And then, uh, and then it stops being funny about halfway through. Cause then, you know, and then he starts seriously, he forgets his mother. Yeah, and doesn't uh, remember what period, and he's living yeah, in. Yeah, exactly. He's constantly walking on, and his life becomes a tapestry of suffering. You know that movie? Oh, wow. This reminds me of that movie, Still Alice. We could even call oh. it Still Earnest. <gasps>
We can do just it. Sink, I, I let that sink I don't in. know why I'm excited about th- doing it, frankly, because I don't think it's got legs. But <laughs> it's really, I mean, I people think it's ain't exactly banging down my door with new work. So. Let's, um, well, oh, sorry, go ahead, Mary. Well, you know, I was going to say I would watch it, and I suppose I was going to ask. You want to be in it? <laughs> you, uh, I would love to. I mean, as long as we're spitballing, but what yeah. else we're doing? Are we saying that, we're, that that Mary would be playing herself or that she would be uh, playing just a character in this movie? Well, hell, I don't know. I mean, look, for no offense, she's gorgeous. Look <laughs> yeah, at her. You're a very attractive I mean, woman. the camera Thank loves you. you and so just, many. She can do just about anything she wants. Very, <laughs> just put her on flattering. screen and she'll steal the movie right there. Very funny. You might as Ernest wastes away. You could just make it more about her. <laughs> very funny. Yeah, it switch switch the focus, you know. Um, sure, so I mean it's 2018, right? We're making an empowering thing, and uh, you know she could be wiping the drool off my face. Yeah, and this, then... the movie becomes about the strength of the people that love you, oh, support you those enter, who need that. Yeah, just I mean, like the movie still Alice. So yeah. maybe instead, okay, you said not funny. I thought it'd be this kind of dark thing, but maybe what we're talking about here is something that's actually. Yes, it's not a comedy, but it ends up being kind of inspirational. What was that Rob Williams movie, Awake? Awakening? Awakening. Awakening. Right, yeah, that was, right. That, he was being funny in it, but it was really this inspiring story about mm. a pretty serious mental Yeah, of course. Nut yeah, job. I really I think there's a lot of meat on this bone that we could definitely flesh out at some point. Uh let's um let's go back to Mary Magdalene for just a moment. Uh so you were um uh, you know, you talked a little bit about your relationship with uh, Jesus's other disciples uh-huh. uh, a little oh, bit. Yeah, I want to uh, hear about this. <laughs> so uh, I read that your closeness with Jesus resulted in some tensions uh, with the other disciples, particularly Simon Peter. Oh, I thought um, you were going to say Judas. Uh, oh, well, Judas. I wanna, after this one, I want to hear about oh, Judas. Oh, we got to hear about we got to hear about your relationship with okay, Judas. But do this one. Knowing what he did, yeah, 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 do you this know, one like first. knowing all about this is like Simon Real Housewives here. Uh, but uh, Simon Peter. Uh, there's this quote in the Gospel of Thomas where he says, uh, quote, Simon Peter said to them, let Mary go forth from among us, for women are not worthy of life. What? He said that? Uh, yeah. Well, that's in the Gospel of Thomas. So, well, that's you know. what Thomas said, he said. Yeah, of course. I wonder if those two got along. Well, yeah, well, who knows? You know, that's what's so fascinating about this period. Uh, so, yeah, like, let's let's talk about your relationship with the disciples. Uh, does that ring true that that was something that Simon Peter would say about you? Well... It does ring true. You know, Simon Peter never respected me. And in fact, uh, what did you say? That Wikipedia? Yes, the Wikipedia mm-hmm. article is quite accurate in that sense. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I'll say it. He was always very jealous of uh, Jesus and his love for me. Mm, yeah. Um, and, you know, Simon was, well, a bit of what you call a brown noser these days. Isn't that what you call it? He would always be kissing Jesus' ass. and. Uh, oh, wow. Oh, yeah. That's what they call it. <laughs> that is what they call it. And, well, that's what he was doing back then. You know. You think and, maybe he carried a little bit of a candle for you? Oh, maybe Simon Peter was in love with you. You mentioned he's jealous and maybe, you know, you didn't hmm. return his affection. So he kind of. Yeah. And you were so beautiful like all these men. Turned were. Did, did he you? ever give you a fur, maybe, Simon Peter? And you spurned his advances. Uh, I know you well, got a lot, lot of furs. Mm-hmm. I did get a lot of furs. They were hard to keep track of. Hard um, to remember who gave you what. Yeah. But you know, if you, if I think about it, you're right. You know, there was one time that Simon Peter said, um, "Mary, can you come into my room for a second? Ooh, okay. And I said, "Okay." Or you know, and I went in, and then um, he basically sort of looked at me and said, um, "Let's go to the market together." And I said. Well, not today, Peter. I'm busy. Um, I already went to the market, Peter, and I left. 
But I suppose now that I think about it, perhaps he was asking me to spend time with him because I do think that ever since then, you know, he would become extremely scornful towards me. I remember one time we were all splitting up a uh, um, a meal um, of fish and bread. Um, classic, classic. Yes, classic meal for I'm all of enough. us. Yes. <laughs> and uh, he's, I came in and wanted food and he said, Mary, we're all out. And he turned me away. That is oh, wow. Whew, that's some cold stuff. You don't run out of fish and bread when you're hanging out with, with Jesus. Jesus. I mean, you that's really a don't. one time you don't. That know is, what I mean? Exactly. That's 100% bullshit. It's, or why? It was bullshit. And that's think incredible. about it, Jesus could have made something for me on the spot. But, yeah. Uh, he didn't. He didn't. Oh. That, is, that is unbelievable. Ooh, yeah. Can that I ask you about cold. this? There's, there's a record of Jesus' response to Simon Peter when he says, uh, that, that she should go forth among us for women are not worthy of life. Uh, Jesus, uh, according to the Gospel of Thomas, Jesus' response is, quote, Behold, I shall lead her that I may make her male in order that she also may become a living spirit uh, like you males for every woman who makes herself a male shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. What? Uh, does <laughs> I know it's obviously not the best thing for a guy to say. You know, in the 21st century or the 20th century. What are the mechanics of that going on here? I mean, well, I mean, he did a lot of incredible things, Jesus. Water into wine. I was half the population, isn't it? I mean, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Did Jesus say, don't worry? He was in the Navy. I'll just just turn him into a guy and that'll be everything. Well, listen, you know, he did say that in effect. And that just sheds light on the fact that Jesus had many faces. You know, he Mm. had professional Jesus face and he had, um, well, boyfriend Jesus face, you know, Mm. and I'll say this, you know, Nazareth at the time, uh, had very, uh, sort of strong views that were very offensive to women. But Mm. in fact, you know, you kind of had, if you wanted to sort of be a leader or be respected, you know, even someone as powerful as Jesus did have to subscribe a little bit to that sort of yeah, type of thing you that he to play said. Along. He did, yeah. he did. But I assure you that behind walls, he never tried to turn me male. In fact, well, <laughs> it should be implied that he very much respected my femininity. Of course, of and course, enjoyed sure it. And he enjoyed it. Enjoyed oh, it. Uh, but let's let's not uh, <clears throat> you know like like let, let's let's uh, not talk about the elephant in the room. No. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. let's talk about it. What? So let's elephant. talk about Judas. Oh you know, yeah, Judas. I wanna, well, what's Judas, the deal with that guy? The guy that's Shut. eventually betrayed uh, Jesus Christ. What was your relationship? <laughs> what, what kind of uh, experiences did you have with him? Well, I have to say, I was extremely disappointed, especially because Judas was actually my best friend of oh, all of Oh, my God. He was the person that I went to with all my pain and all my relationship problems, which I've recounted to you. He was the first person that I went to, and he was an extremely sympathetic ear, always knew what to say, always had my back. In fact, I believe that when Jesus said that male thing, he said, that's bullshit. <laughs> Or whatever that Judas says it. He said that to him, wow. but of course he got, uh, you know, he got uh, trampled by that dipshit Simon Peter. Yeah, oh Thomas God. didn't write that one, though, did he? <laughs> he certainly didn't. And I'll say one last thing. I feel I feel partly responsible for what happened to Jesus because oh my God, why? When, because Judas asked me where he would be, 
Oh my god! And oh, no, I was Mary, the only one that knew. Oh my god! He so he was planning on betraying Jesus, and he asked you specifically yes, where me. he was going to be. Yes, I can't me. blame yourself. So that he could signal the Romans as to who he was. Yes, and I didn't know. I I thought he was just asking for a good reason. So <laughs> Mary, you couldn't told have known. him. You couldn't no, have known, couldn't. Mary. He would if you if you hadn't have told him. Someone else would have told him. They'd have found him eventually. I mean, he was a high profile guy. He really was. He, yeah. Maybe you're right. You f- make me feel better. But... You really shouldn't beat yourself up about this, Mary. Thank you. I mean, what's that phrase? If they, they don't crucify you on Tuesday, they'll, they'll crucify, crucify you on Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah, that's how they say it. I think that's where that starts. It really is. Yeah. What a phrase. <laughs> so applicable to so many so many situations. Really, I use um, that about three times a day. You, was there any situation, was there any time when you saw a Judas acting in a way where you like, where you're like, maybe he's turning against Jesus. Maybe he'll eventually betray Jesus. Well. Because he seemed like such a good friend to you. Of course. And I didn't, I really didn't see it coming, you know. Um, mm. Well, because the things that he said when he went against Jesus were many times views that I agreed with. You know, like oh. that male thing that he said. Yeah, and he's like, that's bullshit. Of course. And mm. so I was like, you're right, Judas. And so I, I have to admit, I absolutely didn't see it coming. You know, the mm. only time is... I guess I did see him once or twice, sort of, well, I shouldn't even say this, but I I did think he, I I saw him sort of touch his food once or twice, and I was wondering what he was doing. What do you mean touch his food? Well, I... Like touch Jesus' food? I I just felt like his hands went kind of close to Jesus' food, and I was like... I wonder what he's doing. <laughs> I'm not sure what he was doing. And you know, in fact, he had like a he ring that he was opening the maybe ring trying to poison him or, or something, or just file with black smoke or was coming it, out of it. Or was it more of like a, just like a childish "I'm touching your food" sort of a thing? You know, like I'm really not sure what the what you're getting at here. Well, you know, from afar, it did seem like a childish "I'm touching your food" thing. And in fact, you know, it had no consequence because at the end of the day, Jesus was not poisoned, yeah, so I don't even what know what him. I'm bringing. <laughs> Listen, I, I don't even know if Jesus was susceptible to listen on looking back I'm sure you know like like you look at any little thing like maybe should I have been able to predict this you know and you're saying you're saying Judas got a little too close to his food you know it makes perfect sense to me Mary it's very suspicious behavior if you consider the context thank you you both made me feel much better of course you know I just I just hate to see you, you be so upset about this um unfortunately we're running out of time I think, oh, we, I think we just have time for one more question uh, so let's go back to you, uh, Jim. Well, right. You know, we were talking about, uh, you know, maybe doing a serious Ernest movie, but we didn't talk at all about the Ernest movies that you actually did. Okay. Uh, so there was a TV sh- TV series mm-hmm. called uh, Hey Vern, It's Ernst. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ernest. Or Ernest. Uh, yeah. Ernst. I'm, I'm so sorry about that. Uh, Not to pick I, what, what was the uh, What was the premise of that show, Hey Vern, It's Ernst? Was it the same... As like the commercials where Vern was always off camera and you're sort of like talking to him that way or was it 100%, 100% that literally nothing more than that. Wow. It was, it, it, I tell you the most amazing thing about that was how long you could sustain a single trope without <laughs> it ever evolving in the slightest. And I'm it just one character show then. Yeah. Like, I mean, like basically I, a one man show on TV. I'm glad people enjoyed it, but I, I just never got over it. Like it's the same day. I guess Seinfeld did it. Oh well, I mean, uh, that seems like kind of a stretch. Um, well, what, what do you how mean? How many episodes? It's the same old show about nothing. Yeah, well, yeah, but there were other characters. There well, were that's true. There was other characters. You know. This was just me and Vern. Uh, you never saw Vern. You never saw Vern. Uh, how many episodes did you do of uh, of uh, Hey Vern? It's Ernest. Oh, 
I want to say we did 6,200. Oh, um, that doesn't seem possible. 6,000? Well, I don't 6, think they aired them all. Oh, God. We would just keep rolling. Sometimes, Let me out. Look, when I got off the boat, we had a limited amount of time to get this stuff done. We just start rolling. You just start rolling? Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. And I'm not you proud of it because I, I got cleaned up later, but we do a little toot or two of cocaine just to keep the things going and we just roll baby gotcha gotcha hey burn you know we just absolutely we just uh just plow on through and they'd say great that's an episode keep going and you know you want to shoot just let make sure you have something yep and you know and we'll fix it in post well, we'll they get did it in very the little editing that show. i don't know if you've gone back and watched it it's uh you a- know i'll definitely check out some episodes when i can unfortunately that's all the time that we have for this week's episode um i'd like to thank my guests uh mary magdalene and uh jim varney for joining me in the studio today um, uh, you know, I'd love it if you, uh, checked out my website, jaredberenstein.com. I'm the host, Jared Berenstein. We're here every Monday on Radio Free Brooklyn, Famous Dead People. This is our show. If you want to hit us up, uh, hit us up at famousdeadpeople at radiofreebrooklyn.org. Rate and review, uh, the show on iTunes. You want to check out the podcast? We've got all our old episodes there. And, uh, hopefully you'll check us out, uh, every Monday at 3 p.m. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Famous Dead People.